Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, Buccaneer fans, welcome to the No Quarter Given podcast, the playoff edition, the 13-4 and four edition, the NFC South Division Champions edition of the No Quarter Given podcast. We've got a good episode for you this week. Co-host Peter Blake, TJ Reeves, sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Paul Stewart all the way from England at a, at a very early 5.06 a.m., this is truly a global <laughs> podcast, folks, this week. I'm in Steamboat Springs, Colorado on a little vacation. TJ and Peter are in Tampa, and Paul is in lovely England. Welcome, boys. Welcome. What's going on? Playoff edition, not a good edition, a great edition of the No Quarter Given podcast. And, of course, the great TJ Reeves, not only sideline reporter, but play-by-play man last week. Unbelievable calls, by the way, my friend. Yeah, I was gonna, I was I was gonna lead off with that before you go, Paul. I want to congratulate TJ. He he stepped in for a uh, ailing Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore. Hopefully, both Gene and Dave are gonna be back in the saddle this week. But TJ on short notice, along with Anthony Beck, did a terrific job. I was in Colorado Sunday morning or Sunday. It was morning for us. <laughs> Actually, mid afternoon when the Bucks kicked off, I was sitting in a sports bar listening to TJ on Sirius XM watching the game. So TJ, much kudos and congratulations on a job well done. Thank you. It was a thrill to get to do that and to keep Gene's seat warm and Anthony Beck made it easier. He did a great job. And I knew that I was golden because I got the seal of approval from Mr. Buck power himself. When Paul Stewart told me, good job, mate. I knew I was all good from England yeah. scoop. Uh, you're the man. Thank you. And thank you for waking up early here to, to talk with us on No Quarter Given here because there's lots of playoff nostalgia to get to. Last week just ended the regular season with the win over Carolina. Now we get to the good stuff, right, Scoop? Well, it's quite funny, actually, guys, because there's only three people who have called a Buccaneer game over the last 33 years. Gene, of course, has done most of them. TJ's filled in a couple of times. And I, I stepped in. Um, for a game in London, um, Josh Freeman's first game in 2009. So you've got two of the only three people to call a Bucks game on this podcast on No Quarter Given. There you go. I'm saying whenever I grow up, I want to be like you guys. Seriously. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now just again, great job by TJ. And obviously, Paul, you're the third man. You're the third man in history to, to be on the mic as well. So, well, let's get to it. The Buccaneers take care of business against Carolina Panthers. We're not going to spend much time on that. A bad Carolina team. As we know, the Bucs took care of business. There was no doubt, you know, middle of the second quarter is a little slow, but after the middle of the second quarter, up to the two-minute warning, dominated the game. Let's, let's, let's move on. The Bucs, and TJ, you're going to tell us a little story. Get a little help from the San Francisco 49ers who were playing at the same time. They are getting killed by the Rams 17-0 early. No thought of the Bucs going to be a two seed. And all of a sudden, that game gets close, gets closer. And then Jimmy G goes the distance at the end of regulation to send the game to overtime. 
TJ, tell us the story about overtime in the Buccaneers locker room. Okay, so Anthony and I did the broadcast. The game was was over with, um, probably with the 49ers driving to try to tie the game. And we, the, so first of all, a couple of quick things. They were not showing the score on purpose of the San Francisco Rams game because Bruce Arians did not want the players to play any differently, play any less. And it was a smart tactical move. He's experienced Bruce Arians. He's been there before, Coach B.A., because the Rams were up 17 nothing. So that might start making the Bucs think, let's don't work as hard. Let's don't try as hard. They made a great comeback. So the two or three things you need to know is the Buck game is over. They're shaking hands. It's ended earlier. And the Buccaneers, a lot of the players, including Tom Brady, uh, including a, a, a lot of the starters on both sides of the ball, are standing and watching the video board for three or four plays while the 49ers are driving and trying to score the touchdown, and they eventually do score the touchdown, and so now we head to overtime. All right, at that point, I have to go downstairs because not only am I filling in for Gene uh, on the on the call of the game, I'm now fulfilling my obligations and my job as the post-game host to interview Bruce Arians and the players. So I hustle down, I get to the locker room, and we are outside the door and outside the wall. And this is so neat for the fans, too, just real quick, that Buccaneers.com and their social media put this out. They had yes. angles in the locker room, and you guys are all nodding because you've seen it, with them watching the 49ers ice the Rams' overtime win with an interception. I can relay that from outside the wall and the door, you could hear that roar. So I didn't know exactly what had gone on. I'm asking my radio boss, Jeff Ryan, on the microphone, I'm like, what happened? He's like, the 49ers intercepted it, and I think it's a good interception, but he may be out of bounds. I said, well, I don't know if you could hear that roar, but the roar from in that room was wild. And the coaches were standing there. Bruce Arians was standing there because they all filed out together when the door opened up. The Glazers, the owners were in there. They were all in there for that moment. Uh, it was wild, and it's now worked out. Take care of business against the Eagles, and you get another home playoff game. Thank you, Johnny Lynch. Thank you, Kyle Shanahan. Thank you, 49ers. Now, they had to play for their own playoff lives, yep. but they did it. They got in the playoffs, and they helped the Bucs in the process, boys. All right. So, Paul, tell me – just give me a quick synopsis of, of your reaction, you know, leading into the into the, the final couple of weeks. We had, You and I, we've not spoke to you in four or five weeks. Just give me a quick synopsis of your assessment of the Buccaneers the last four or five weeks of the regular season. I think they, they took care of business, guys. I mean, you know, we had all the distraction with what I'd call, you know, uh, what I'd call football AB after Brown. And it was a case of, you know, it's a case of, this is a really experienced team. They've been there before. They know what needs to be done. And it's a case, okay, for three or four days, we had some stupid media hype over the whole thing. Then they announced the Vita Veo extension. Then they take the field against the Panthers, wipe the floor with them. Who cares about AB now? We're now into the postseason. Every team in there is a good team. Yep. We're not going to be playing the Panthers or the Jets anymore. We're now playing decent teams. But this team is starting to get healthy, and they're ready to go and try and defend their title. And I'm not very confident going into this, guys. Peter Blake, injury news out of one buck place today. Shaq Barrett, Le Fournette, Levante David, uh, Gio Bernard all back at practice to some degree. We don't know their status for Sunday yet, but great news that they're all back at practice. Just your thoughts about the injury situation. Richard Sherman did get put on IR, but talk to me about your thoughts about those guys back at practice and potentially in line to maybe play Sunday. I mean, tremendous. Look, uh, we all know that you lost Chris Godwin. You lost Antonio Brown with the meltdown in the Meadowlands or a meltdown at MetLife, if you will. 
But you're getting back Shaq Barrett, JPP, of course, and Levante David, which is only going to help this defense out. And guys, at the end of the day, we could sit here and talk about offense, but offense sells tickets. Defense wins championships, and that's exactly what the staple of this team has to be. That's what it was last year. That's what it's going to continue to be if they're going to go any further than the first round. And I would expect them to with the way they disposed those quarterbacks last year and a Taylor Heineke, of course, a uh, Drew Brees, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and a Patrick Mahomes because they're going to face some good quarterbacks, namely possibly an Aaron Rodgers, that number one seed. So that defense is going to be uh, having to be up to snuff, if you will. And getting back Shaq Barrett, JPP, maybe he's not 100%. But he is a lot better than Anthony Nelson. You know, good things are coming, and especially getting back David and Giovanni Bernard and Leonard Fournette will only help that offense out. So right now, the Bucks are peaking at the right time, and they're getting healthy at the right time. TJ, to you, going into this playoff run, what is the part? What is the one unit of the Buccaneers that you really think can make the biggest jump as we head into the postseason? Biggest jump. That's a good one. Uh, maybe running the football. They haven't run it as well as maybe they would like, and maybe that happens better with Fournette coming back. Can Ronald Jones play this week? We don't know with the injured ankle. So is it going to be Keyshawn Vaughn and Le'Veon Bell mostly in this game trying to run the ball? The one thing I keep coming back to, I love Peter uh, with the thing about the defense, because if this team gets some kind of defensive help and or takeaways, look out. I said that 12 months ago, like many others. But, I mean, we were on the forefront of that. We were out in front of that, that if they get some kind of defensive play with Brady and the offense and the weapons, look out. So it's good news that these guys are returning to practice. I don't know how many of them can play for Sunday, and I don't know how long they can play against Philadelphia, and maybe a couple of them can't play this week between David and Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul on the defensive side of the ball. But that, that I think is uh, is going to be a big part of this. Can those guys get healthy, especially Levante David in the run game? But yep. it, it, the, the step up, maybe running the ball for the Buccaneers. And Paul, Paul, to you, one thing you've seen the Bucs roster have to do is show some depth. You've seen a lot of guys play this year, especially in the defensive secondary. Shoyinka's playing a lot more, uh, you know, the defensive line. Anthony Nelson has been a very good contributor the last several weeks. How do you think the depth of having to play all these guys through the regular season is going to help us in the in the postseason? I think it can only help. I mean, obviously, if we go back sort of three months, you had people like Rashad Robinson, Dee Delaney, Pierre Desir starting in the secondary. Now, if anything happens to a starter, these guys can come in and they've done it. So when the Bucks played the Eagles back in October, you know, we had all these backups starting in the secondary. They're ready for it now, so it can only help. And I've been really impressed with what I've seen from some of these backups in, in the last few games. It's been great to see. Yeah, and again, Bradley Pinion back, uh, TJ back punting off the COVID list. Uh, uh, Hoff Richter did a good job holding and punting and doing what he had to do those couple of weeks. And Peter, let's get to the Eagles. Yeah. Again, we weren't sure we were going to play the Eagles. Obviously, the, the Eagles, nobody thought we were going to have the kind of season they had. Obviously, we've already played them early in the regular season. We played them on a short week, a Thursday night. Maybe was the game plan a little more limited on that Thursday night than it might be this coming up week. Who knows? Obviously, there's enough film that we've seen on all both teams to know what they like to do and don't like to do. Fifth meeting in the playoffs between the Bucs and the, and the Eagles. Just give me a sense of your thought of the Eagles coming into this game. We're going to do a preview at the end, but just a quick thought on the Eagles heading into this Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock game. Well, look, the onus is on stopping Jalen Hurts because, to me, I don't think he's going to beat you from the pocket with his arm. He's going to beat you with his legs, and he did that earlier on in the year 
with going for over 100 yards. You got a uh, highly talented Devontae Smith out of Alabama who can uh, you know, give you some matchup problems. But at the end of the day, you look at the Bucs, they haven't been healthy all year long since week one, and now they could possibly be healthy. So I think the Bucs are in better shape than they were midseason. I think the Eagles are playing better, of course, but they're a young team. They don't know how to deal with the Tom Brady-led offense and the defense that needs to turn it up with Todd Bowles. So I feel really good and really confident that this team can go in there and win by 10 to 12 points because, look, that's the big reason why you want the number two seed in the first place. You play your best football at home. You're comfortable at home, and this is a veteran-laden team. They're not going to come out flat. It's postseason time, guys, and they're ready for it. We'll be right back to the podcast in just a minute. Now a word from our sponsor, BetUS. Hey, guys and girls, with the college bowl games in full swing and the NFL playoffs fast approaching, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. As you may or may not know, BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving, and most importantly, paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses available to you. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is 1-800-MY-BETUS. You will receive 125% of a sign-up bonus by using the bonus code, promo code 125. Not 50, not 75, not 100, but 125%. They have re-up and referral bonuses as well. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a ton of reasons. BetUS has all of your NBA, NHL games with team and player props and loads of NFL odds and plays. You can bet UFC matches, UFC props, PGA Tour golf, PGA Tour golf round matchups, and live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games, and the race book has all of your favorite horse tracks from around the country. They have every bet type imaginable, and the BetUS mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet, you win, and more importantly, you get paid. Bet US and remember our promo code XXXX. Bet US where the game begins. Let's get to the Eagles Bucks playoff history. This is the fifth time they've met in the playoffs. It's hard to believe that the Bucks have not hosted a playoff game since 2008. I mean, 30, <laughs> TJ, your twins were just, just. They, they had not been born. They had yeah. not been born yet. And they're now 13 years old. That's, uh, that's pretty incredible. And again, the NFL doesn't officially count the Super Bowl sure. last year at Raymond James sure. Stadium as hosting a playoff game. And in fairness, being there that day, there were maybe 8,000 or 10,000 Buccaneer right. fans out of the 25,000. Not like hopefully what we're going to see Sunday, where it better be out of 65,000, it better be 63,000 or 64,000 Buccaneer fans and loud. TJ, tell us a story. 2008, the last Bucks home game against the G-Men. You had a little interesting interaction with some famous people. Tell us, uh, tell the story. Good, good tease. So the Bucks looked so good at the beginning of that game. A scoop helped me remember they got off to like a seven nothing lead. Ernest Graham touchdown right. All's looking good, right, Paul? And yes, then, and then Eli Manning and Plaxico Burris are getting it done, and Michael Strahan and the defense. And the whole thing unraveled and fizzled right there at Raymond James Stadium and the New York Giants 
put together a great game plan and won the game. So all of that is over with. And I do the post-game show, the down-in-the-mouth post-game show uh, with John Gruden and, and the players after it's over. And now I am, because of other radio duties, headed to New Orleans because this is the wild card weekend. The next night was the college football championship game between LSU and Ohio State at the Superdome in New Orleans. And I had work duties with Sirius XM where I've got to fly back to New Orleans on Sunday night. So I'm standing in line at my flight and I, and, and I had previously met and I knew Archie Manning. And all of a sudden I can hear Archie's voice behind me. And I eventually turn and kind of look and Cooper Manning is behind me too. And they're talking about what a great win and Eli this and Eli that. And I turn around and I still have my Buccaneer shirt on and go, you know, it wasn't great for everybody there a little while ago. And Archie's like, Oh, TJ, I'm so sorry. He goes, I got Cooper here with me. You know, Cooper, this is TJ Reeves. We've done some work together and some radio together. Uh, you know, and I said, Archie, it wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm just playing with you, but it wasn't that great of a day. There's a lot of down in the mouth Buccaneer fans right now. And I'm one of them. So Archie and Cooper were on my flight back to new Orleans, uh, to get back there. Uh, Peyton had not been there that day because Peyton was, I, I believe Peyton was playing for the Colts in the playoffs that weekend. So he was not there that day. So there's my story on the last Buccaneer home game. That memory did not go so well. Yes. Uh, and I cannot get over the fact that that was now, what, 14 years ago, January of 08. All right. It was Paul so Stewart, long ago, you know, I was young and good looking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it and was Paul a while Stewart, ago. We're, we're getting to you now. We're going to celebrate you now. Buckpower.com has just <laughs> turned 20 in the last few days. So major shout out to you for Buckpower.com yes. and what you've done with that website. The unofficial historian of the Buccaneers. What a job you have. Talk to us about how – What? just give us a quick story about – what, what was the Oedipus about you starting this whole BuckPower.com website? Well, in, in the past, guys, I used to write a magazine about the Buccaneers for fans over here in the UK, and it was called There's Always Next Year, because that summed up <laughs> being a Bucks fan. And I did 197 issues of that magazine. I've still got them all. And it got to the point where, of course, only people in the UK could read it. And when you finish one issue, you had to immediately start another one, the same with any magazine. And I thought, well, I can wonder if I could build a website, but bought myself a beginner's guide to doing it and six weeks after buying the book i launched buckpower.com very early days everyone was like whoa this is fantastic and 20 years later i'm approaching 100 million hits around the world and i'm still doing it and like i said i put on the website the other day it's like my sistine chapel it's like my thing i always want to do and i love doing it it will always be free to access and i'm just glad so many people around the world enjoy it when you started, you had how many pages and how many recaps 20 years ago in 2000? I think I had a page. I think I'd set up a page for each player on the roster at that point, and I'd set up a page for each game. I now have almost 10,000 different screens on the wow. website, and there's almost 15,000 images and logos on there as well. We can't say enough. Amazing. Thank you to Paul and the, the uh, life's work that he's done the last yes. 20 years. Anything in Buccaneer history, regular season or postseason, is on this site. And it is a phenomenal resource that I go to and the Buccaneers themselves, PR department and otherwise, will go to to look up different things and find different things. So congratulations. That is a one, tremendous one of the best tributes I had, TJ, was someone you and I know, Jason Whalers, who used to work for the Buccaneers, who now works for the Green Bay Packers in the PR the PR team. And he said to me, Any chance you want to do packerpower.com one day? 
<laughs> yeah, if I have another 20 years of life to be able to pour into it. But the other thing is you're Buccaneer through and through. We don't need the Packers. You know? That's right. And also the Packers won't be in the playoffs in a couple of weeks. The Bucs will be. There you go. I, look, I got to give them the Byron Leftwich. I got to do it. How about them Bucks, baby? I got to do that, man. Former uh, <laughs> well, Buccaneer quarterback from 13 years ago. Is that confirmed that that's Byron Leftwich, or do you just play along that that's somebody saying that and you act like it's Byron Leftwich? No, that's Byron confirm? Leftwich. Let me yeah. hear it one more time. Let me hear yeah. it one more time. Get fire, How fire about them Bucks, baby? Okay. <laughs> it must I'm be Byron. She took ages to wind up and deliver. That's yeah. him smoking the cigar during the Super Bowl. I got that sound effect. And then, of course, you got this right here. Listen to this, guys. The old school. Yes, sir. B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S. The place at the end of all of my podcasts. That's awesome. And obviously, Paul, thank you for allowing me and Peter to be part of your podcast network. We've thoroughly enjoyed doing this whole season of No Quarter Given, and hopefully we'll get a chance to maybe do it again next year with you. And before we get to the 1979 Eagles game, just you're listening to the No Quarter Given podcast. Paul Stewart live from London early morning on Thursday, TJ Reeves, Peter Blake, early morning on Thursday in Tampa. And yeah. I'm in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, late night, Wednesday still in Colorado. Freezing. You're freezing, buddy. You know how <clears throat> it is outside right now in Clearwater, Florida? It's about 65 degrees. And for us, that's still chilly. So what I is it in it. Steamboat tonight? Is it single digits tonight? It's, it's not too bad. It's probably at 15 to 20. It's not terrible, to be honest <laughs> with you. So and by the <laughs> way, Scoop is in misery because he loves playing golf and it's the dead of winter in England and it's foggy all the time. What a surprise. And it's cold all the time there. So he desperately wants to be back in the 80 degree weather of Tampa Bay for January and come hit a golf ball and watch the Bucks in the playoffs. That's right. All right. Let's go to 1979. Mm. First ever Bucks playoff win over who? The Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. Scoop, scoop. Tell them about the history of game number one against the Eagles so, in the playoffs. So the Bucks had won the previous week in the rainstorm against Kansas City. They won their first division title and they were up against the Philadelphia Eagles and one of the great stories from that game is that the CBS crew at the time introduced the game live and Brent Musburger came up with his famous line of, you are looking live at Tampa Stadium. And of course, there's a story behind why he does that, TJ. Yeah, so that's actually even become the title of a book looking back on the famous NFL Today show. And I realize if you're an old fart like me, if you're an old fart like Paul Stewart, you remember the NFL Today with, well, okay, so Paul's not an old fart. I'm an old fart. Uh, you remember Brent Musburger, Jimmy the Greek, Irv Cross. Uh, they had Phyllis George. They also used Jane Kennedy. And yeah. Jane Kennedy was actually on the NFL Today uh, for that season. Uh, Jug Williams told me this story. Jane Kennedy came and did a feature for the NFL today where she spent like an entire day with Doug Williams. He ended up cooking a meal. Doug was single at this time. He ended up cooking a meal for her and the CBS producer and cameraman. He cooked them food in his apartment. Jane Kennedy prior to that Buccaneer game. Uh, but the Brent Musburger line that became the title of the book, looking back on the NFL today is you are looking live. That is actually his way when they had the hookup at the beginning of the NFL today, they would show veteran stadium in Philadelphia. Uh, they would show the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. They would show Tampa stadium. 
And what Brent was doing is he was putting the shout out to all the gamblers. Yes. What are the weather conditions yes. in all of these places? There was no internet. There was no way to quickly communicate. So Musburger would say, you are looking live at a rainy day in Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. Wink, wink, hint, hint for the gamblers. You are looking live at an 85 degrees sunny day in Tampa for the playoff game with the Eagles. That is where you are looking live originated with the idea, the shout out, the tip to the gamblers about the weather. And he uttered it that day for the Bucs and the Eagles. And then, and then Scoop, the Buccaneers controlled the game from the very beginning and won the game with the Eagles real quick. Yes, they did. They went 80 yards on 16 plays on the very first drive. Ricky Bell scored on a four-yard run. And then they really dominated the game. I mean, uh, Bell had two touchdowns. He had 142 yards on 38 carries, mm, yes. which is pretty near a playoff record, even for the mm. NFL standards. The Bucs won 24-17. The defense took over. And, yeah, it, it was one of those memorable first victories, and it put them into the NFC Championship game. And this was, remember, this was a Philadelphia team, Ron Jaworski, Dick Vermeil, Wilbur Montgomery, that went to the Super Bowl the following year against the Raiders. Leroy Selman sacked Jaws three times in that game, by the way, the first yep. ever playoff win over the Eagles. Yep. And so that, like I said, propelled them to their first playoff win and many more during that little run in the early 80s. Let's go to late, late 1990s. We had the, the bad run with the Bucks going to Philadelphia, the misery. Mm. Tony Dungy, the offensive woes, couldn't get over the hump, had a good defense. TJ, just – and, Paul, you guys recollect your thoughts of those games, how disappointing it was with such a good defense but just could not muster any offensive productivity. Well, I remember the, the, the second game against Philadelphia, the one that was in uh, late December 2001, because it was my debut on British television as a live presenter. It was the first time <laughs> I'd ever called a game. So all I remember was the very first minute of that coverage. I've never been so scared in all my life because it dawned on me I was presenting to a quarter of a million people across the UK. And it could have, we could have been playing anybody that day. And once I got through that first scene, I was fine. Unfortunately, it went downhill from there. And, of course, it became Tony Dungy's last game as head coach of the Buccaneers. The, the infamy of not being able to score a touchdown in either of those playoff losses to Philadelphia had cost him his job. And Tony was talking about that last week. I got fired because we couldn't beat the Eagles in the wild card round. But things did turn around, did they not, the uh, the next year? Well, Peter, I just, I, yeah, I just want to say the whole story of the week was Dungey was getting fired. The Glazers were actually not on the plane at the time, so everybody assumed it. And then after the game, you can hear Keyshawn Johnson saying, look, this guy that's coming to town, he's not going to put up with this. And it was back and forth with Keyshawn and Warren Sapp after the game. They already had a riff going on. And then, of course... My favorite coach who left the Bucks at the altar once again, Bill Parcells, didn't come. That's correct. And finally, let's go to 2002. We all remember the glorious day 2002 <laughs> oh. in the vet. <laughs> the final game in the vet, win or lose for the Eagles. And Rondé Barber, Jaravicious and company, all those guys, Brad Johnson, you know, Keyshawn, McCardo. Martin Gramatica, who I just had on our podcast last yep. week, yep. Um, was was instrumental. 27-10, su summarized and catapulted by a good friend of yours, TJ, T Rondé Barber, goes coast to coast against Donovan McNabb. Now, the first thing is, Scoop, you were supposed to be on British TV that day for the NFC title game. Tell the story on what happened to you <laughs> and why. 
Well, what it was is I, I did the game the previous week against the 49ers, and it was a doubleheader, so I did the Raiders-Jets straight afterwards. And we were going to be going to Philadelphia. It was the third straight year. I thought, there's no way they're going to win. I am not going to sit in this studio for seven hours watching the Bucks lose and then have to do the AFC title game afterwards. I don't want to do it. So I told the guys, please don't put me on the show. So they said, no, it's fine. We understand. So, of course, then the Bucks win. And Rondae scores on his touchdown. And while they were going to commercials in the UK, they phoned me up at my home and said, can you talk on air? And I went, no, I was crying my eyes out. I was so happy. You were and crying. And all I remember is they you came back to the set. in joy. In, in yeah, <laughs> they, they came back to the set and they just said, oh, we know, we can't talk to Paul. He's so happy. And one of them called out to me, see you next week in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Blake. How about that? Let me get to you, Peter Blake. You and I are close in age. I'm a little younger than TJ. I'm a little older than you, Peter. It's kind of like the Georgia-Alabama situation this, this week in, in the college football. The Bucks finally get over the hump in 2002 against the Eagles. Your thought as a fan, as a young fan back then, of how excited you were, the Bucks go to their first ever Super Bowl appearance. Just your thoughts as a fan back in 2002. Still can uh, never forget it. Never forget the day because the Bucks get off to such a bad start, right? It's so Buccaneers, my co-host would uh, say from a radio station before, uh, and the Eagles go up seven nothing. You're like, oh no, not again! And then the Bucks settle down, and it was so loud at my house. The system goes out, but when Rondé intercepts the ball, 92 yards, you know he's going. I'm running out the door. I think it's cold outside. I have maybe no shirt on. I'm throwing my. I'm just running across the road because at that point, all those years of the Bucks losing just came out of me. And you knew once they got over their hump versus the Philadelphia Eagles, they were going to San Diego to take care of business and beat the Raiders for the Super Bowl. You I love it. this. I love this. I love these stories. DJ, so wait. in other words, Paul is crying in England. Powers, <laughs> were you in Alabama or were you back in Florida? And were you crying? I, I was in Alabama. Oh, yeah. I was I was I was going through the roof in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. And sure. Peter's running outside bare chested. <laughs> mean meanwhile, while Rondé is running down the field, I had reserved a flight on Delta Airlines to Los Angeles to then drive to San Diego uh, for the game. Uh, and so I'm on the phone dialing Delta Airlines while he is still running in the end zone to confirm my flight. I vividly remember that. My wife's going, you're not even, I'm like, no, I'm calling them right now because I don't want the flight to be canceled or I don't want to get bumped. So I was on the phone when Barbara was running that in. I'm going to San Diego. And, Paul, I know you ended up in San Diego, and I ended up in San Diego. And it was even more surreal the next week with the win over the Raiders real quick. I think, I think what's great is when you look at the history of the Buccaneers, and, and I'm going to be doing a little countdown on the 100 best plays in Bucks history, two of the most famous plays happened yes. in that game. You've got the third and sixth completion to Joe Juravicious that went 71 yards, and Gene's famous commentary of you go, Joe, you go, Joe. Mm. And to me, Rondé's play is the most important play in history of the Buccaneers. I've got the picture of it up on my wall behind me, signed I by Rondé. I think I see it and for those that are seeing the video. Getting Rondé to sign it. So to I me, do. that's yeah. the biggest play in team history. I think I see it over his shoulder for those that are getting the video uh, of this. And just one more thing about that. I told Rondé Barber after all, after everything settled down after the Super Bowl win, I'm like, you do realize you just made the iconic play in the history of the franchise. 
They're going to remember that more than say, he's like, no, I'm like, Rondé, they're going to be talking about this play 10 years from now, 15 years from now. We are still talking about that play. Absolutely. Yes, you remember some plays from the Super Bowl, but the iconic play is the Barber interception that shut down Veteran Stadium and shut up the Eagle fans once and for all. It's beautiful, and I love reminiscing on no quarter given since we're playing the Eagles. And I just want to say after that game, um, pro ball my ass, I'm going to San Diego. Yes, Rondé's line. Yes. Well, I just want to say this. I used to wear an orange Bucko Bruce jacket that I got signed by Paul Gruber. And even when they lost, when I was in seventh grade, this kid actually, this bully, took the jacket and burned a <laughs> hole in it. Now, I had that jacket that night. I was looking for that guy. I was looking to go and tell him, the Bucks are in the Super Bowl now. Burn this. I was looking yeah, for it. So, go. I mean, those – and my dad – I remember my dad calling me and saying, you know, all these years of losing and finally – and, and sure. you, you, it, it all comes back to you. I don't, I don't think I cried. I think I ran out of my house. I think I drove around the block uh, a couple million times. And, and at the time they had Welcome to Tampa was – it was a play on Welcome to Atlanta. I played, we played that song like 30 times in a row. We didn't care. It, it, it didn't matter. And the Bucks, Bucks fans, if you want to see the video version of this podcast, go to Powers on Sports YouTube channel. You'll see Paul Stewart's pictures in the background with football pictures. In TJ's office, you'll see Super Bowl hats. Paul and TJ and are wearing Buccaneers shirts. Peter's wearing red in his uh, with his sports web. He's got the Rolex on from uh, Jake Paul from back in the day, from a couple weeks ago. I'm the only guy with no paraphernalia on because I'm out in Colorado skiing. There all right, go. Joe. All right, Joe Pesci. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just standing. I'm just sitting here home alone. We got yeah, we got a couple a minutes line. left. Let's get to Sunday's game, one o'clock in Raymond James Stadium. First playoff game since 08. Just give each of you give me a quick couple points that you want to see that you think are critical matchups. Go scoop, ahead, TJ. Scoop from England. Scoop from England goes first. It's early okay. morning. What's gonna well, happen? I'm very glad it's a one o'clock start because that means it's only six o'clock here in the UK. I'm very <laughs> glad it wasn't the night game. I don't enough. I've had enough of night games. Thank you. To me, it's about shutting down the Eagles running game. They are a team built on the ground. Like we said earlier, Jalen Hurts is not going to beat you through the air. We have to stop the run. And to be honest, ever since Bruce Arian said nobody runs on us, everybody's been running on us. They have to stop the run on Sunday. Peter? Yeah, I agree with you. You got to stop the run and you got to run the ball. I think you change your game plan. You revert back to the Bucs in postseason. You try to run the ball 20 to 25 times, maybe more than that. It becomes a boring game, but I think you win by 10 to 14 points and you really truly show that the Eagles are a young team and maybe a couple of years away, but that's a couple of years. Right now, right, the Bucs are the team uh, that's going to be advancing. Buccaneers have the coaching advantage. Bruce Arians over Nick Sirianni. They got the quarterback advantage with the greatest of all time against a guy that's never quarterbacked in a playoff game and he's doing it on the road. Everything just seems to line up. Don't turn the ball over. Don't help them out. Let Tom Brady do his thing. And I think you're on to the divisional round, boys. What else am I supposed to say? I'm on the Buccaneer broadcast. Let's have a big Sunday. Let's have a hope, happy post-game show, I say. <laughs> and my, yep. And remember, my, my, my one key to the game, make Jalen Hurts throw the ball from the pocket. Yep. Don't let him get out of the pocket because that's where he can hurt you is outside of the pocket. All right, TJ, tell all the Buccaneer fans where they can see the broadcast. 
All right, so you can hear us on Buccaneers Radio. Noon is the pregame, 1 o'clock kick time. Buccaneers mobile app, SiriusXM, tune in, all of it. I'll have the, the postgame coverage after it's over. Hopefully it's a great postgame show, and we have a lot of fun with Bruce Arians and the players because we're talking about the divisional round. Look forward to it, my friend. Peter Blake, go. Yeah, the sports web, the evolution of sports talk television. We'll have some type of post-game show on Facebook. I love St. Pete, of course. Like and subscribe to the sports web. The evolution of sports talk television. Three things. Bring your passion. Bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. And we will have another episode next week. I'm super confident we will have a divisional episode of the No Quarter Given Podcast as part of the BuckPower.com podcast network. Paul Stewart, great work. Keep it up. TJ, great job. Hopefully you're on the sidelines. If you have to be in the booth, we'd love to see you in the booth too. Peter, great job. And we will all see everybody next week for a divisional episode of the No Quarter Given Podcast. See you next week with Buckingham. Great stuff. Go Bucks! Go Bucks! Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag Buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical Buck coverage, you go to BuckPower.com. And as always, keep listening to the BuckPower.com podcast network.